50% off discount. Welcome to the Brian P. Swift All Things Inspirational Show. Brian is a best-selling author, keynote speaker, and success coach. Are you ready to move your vision forward and be inspired every Wednesday a little afternoon? Here is your host, Brian P. Swift. Good afternoon and welcome to the Brian, the Quadfather Swift, all things inspirational show. For you new listeners, you may be wondering why the brand, the Quadfather. And without getting too deep into it, I am a C5, C6 quadriplegic. Uh, as 42 years post-injury and about f- the 40th year, uh, some people were joking and branded me as the quad father and it's somewhat stuck. So being a quadriplegic, uh, I have been blessed to take on many, many awesome journeys, this being one of them. And every Wednesday, I'm here to present you with some inspiration. So as you know, I start with usually a quote and then sometimes a short story. So the quote is, for me, becoming isn't about arriving somewhere or achieving a certain aim. I see it instead as forward motion, as means of evolving, a certain way to reach continually toward a better self. The reason I say it like this is because it is a journey, not a destination. So if you're looking at becoming something, becoming successful, becoming an author, becoming whatever your passion drives you to be. Remember, it's a journey. It's not somewhere that you end up. It is a way you live. It's a way you evolve. It's a way of moving forward. So just a tidbit of inspiration. And then I have an interesting motivational story with a little moral at the end. So it goes like this. There was once a man who had four young sons and he wanted each of them to learn about the dangers of judging things too rapidly, of judging people, of judging anything too rapidly. So he sent each one of them on a journey, one after another, to a distant pear tree. And each son went in a different season. So the first son went in the winter and the second son went in the spring and so on. And at the end of the year, he brought his children together and asked them what they had seen, what they had learned. So the son who traveled in the winter described a gnarled, twisted, and barren tree that stood dark and ugly against the land. And then the son who went in the spring disagreed. And he said, no, you know, the tree seemed full of hope and promise with green buds along its branches. And yet the third son who traveled in the summer disagreed with both of them and said the pear tree he'd seen was covered in beautiful blossoms and looked and smelled divine. Well, as you can imagine, the final son who made his journey in the fall disagreed with the three of them. And he described the tree as laden with sweet and delicious pears It tasted better than anything he had ever eaten before. So when each son had spoken, the father said they were all correct. And they were somewhat stumped by this all being correct. And this was because they had only seen one season of the pear tree's life. So he explained to his sons that it's foolish 
and impossible to judge something in this manner. And that the essence of something, whatever it is, whether it be a tree, whether it be a man, a woman, can only be measured as a whole at the end of a year, having seen it in its fullness. And to make any judgment in winter or fall or spring is to miss the promise of these other seasons, uh, the beauty of summer or the fruits of fall. So what's the moral of the story? Refuse to judge yourself. Refuse to judge life. Refuse to judge other people based on a single mistake, a single challenging time. Refuse to let the pain of one season destroy the joy of those to come. So I thought it was an interesting story. I think we're all pretty quick to judge. And I know sometimes we have to pull back, take a deep breath before we start to make any type of judgment because I think we get caught up in that time, in the moment, and start to judge somebody based on a single event or a single happening. So before you start to judge, take a deep breath, step away from the situation, and give it time. So something to ponder, something to think about. So I want to talk about self-talk. Self-talk is something I've studied for years. It is also called neuro-linguistics training. And self-talk leads to resilience. And in today's time, uh, not just today's time, but especially today's time, I should say, resilience is so needed to battle against all the things that we battle against, whether that be mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. So, because I believe resilience is the core of success. I've seen it time and time again, both in my own life and in the lives uh, of the people that I've coached in athletics, the lives of people that I've coached who are professionals. That resilience starts with a story that you tell yourself about your circumstance. So we start to create our, our own type of inner world by the things we say to ourselves. So basically, if you feed yourself a narrative about failure or if you let fear or guilt rule your response, resilience ends up taking a backseat and you become paralyzed, you become stumped, you become stuck. And the most resilient people are very aware of how they talk to themselves when times get tough. Just speaking from experience, breaking my neck at the age of 17, I had to learn to become way more resilient than I ever thought I had to be. So at some point, you have to realize it's not what happens to you that matters. But what you choose to say about what happens that ultimately is more important because that is in your subconscious That will be playing on you when you're not thinking. That will be playing on you when you sit. You also need to realize that resilience, especially in certain, you know, leaders, uh, and we're all leaders in some way, isn't about them, but it's really about the bigger picture 
of who they impact in a positive way. And I say we're all leaders because we are. Uh, if you are a mother at home, you are the leader of your family and your kids. If you are uh, out in the working world, you're a leader. If you're working from home, uh, you're maybe the leader of your small business. You may be the leader of a group, a group you volunteer for, but we're all leaders in some way, and we need to impact the people around us in a positive way. And in doing that, impacting people in a positive way definitely leads to self-growth and having a mindset that leads to growth. Because ultimately, you're either growing or you're dying. You're moving forward or you're standing still and everybody's moving past you. So you may have heard the term fixed mindset versus growth mindset. And they're exactly what they sound like. A fixed mindset is static. It it prioritizes the status quo and focuses on protecting the here and the now. It's It's a safe place, basically. And it's typically grounded in fear. And when people are stuck in life, they often have a fixed mindset. We've all been there. We're all guilty of it. But you do have the power to get by that. When you look at a growth mindset, a growth mindset is one of momentum. It's dynamic. It's forward-looking. It finds the opportunities in the past and in the present. It looks at the current circumstances to improve, and it's foundation is hope and with hope you can have this growth mindset and you can have this attitude which leads to resilience so successful people successful leaders successful organizations successful groups choose to have a mindset that leads to growth and ultimately to have a perspective of hope Hope is important, much like faith. You got, you must really hang on to those things. And lastly, operate with optimism. I have been blessed to operate with a optimistic mindset. And I believe that a lot of us choose to be optimistic. That doesn't mean your circumstances are perfect. I get up every day. I have to get into a wheelchair. I need help to do that. I need help to do other things. But I get up every day with a smile because I choose to, because it will affect the people around me. It will it will affect the big picture that I talked about earlier. And I want to impact the people and the big picture in the most positive way I can. So the choice to operate from a place of optimism optimism isn't just about positive thinking. It's about thinking in a way that puts things into perspective while choosing to see the joy in the situation, which is way different than having a perfect situation. This is not about having a perfect situation. It's about choosing to operate with the faith and the hope that the situation and my perspective will have a positive outcome. And study after study has shown that people are more likely to succeed with this 
type of optimistic approach. Happiness is not a byproduct of success. Actually, it's the other way around. Happiness causes success. Kind of, this is kind of like the old chicken and egg thing, right? Which came first, the chicken or the egg? And here, people may think, well, they're, they're successful. They're happy because they're successful. That person wouldn't be happy if they weren't successful. That person wouldn't be happy if they didn't have the kind of money they had. Or they wouldn't be happy if they weren't able to live in that big house or drive that nice car. But it's actually the opposite. So when you're asking yourself where to start in becoming the leader, the person that you want to be, start by examining how often you operate from a place of optimism. For it's only then that you find the joy in defining your vision and defining your goals that you'll truly be able to help others. So those are a couple tidbits. I think there are things that we might have heard in the past that sometimes we just need to renew within ourselves. But having a growth mindset, choosing positive self-talk that leads to, leads to resiliency, and operating with optimism, which leads to success, are three things we all can continue work to work on. Why? Well, I think the biggest reason is because things that bring us down or things that we struggle with or negative things in our life, they don't just stop. They continue to come. We don't determine when they come or how they come. So work on those three things. Keep it in mind and ask yourself that question. You know, how many times do you work from or operate from a place of optimism? The new thing out there is servant leadership. I don't believe it's new. They're, they're, they're talking about leadership as if servant leadership is new. I believe servant leadership has been out there for a long time. And uh, it's just been something that they've redefined and call it servant leadership. But you will, if you've experienced leaders in your life, whether that be in sports, whether that be in academia, whether that be uh, in any venture that you've dealt with, your job, that you're going to find some characteristics and leaders that are all similar. And servant leadership definitely takes on this these characteristics. And you'll, if you think about the great leaders you've had, you're going to see their people who truly love the people that they're around. They demonstrate the love for the people that they lead. They look forward to coming into work. They do little things that maybe they don't have to do. Because leadership starts with me and you. It's about bringing what's inside of us, what's inside of you, to the outside. It's about having a vision. It's about casting it and knowing what you stand for because you can't create a vision around a team. You can't create a vision around your family. You can't create a vision around a group that you're volunteering with unless you really stand for it and it comes out in a sincere manner. So it, 
as a leader, you must really be authentic. And while authenticity alone doesn't automatically guarantee success, I, I guarantee that in being inauthentic will cause failure. People will see through it at some point or another that you are inauthentic and the smile really isn't a smile for the right reasons. So here's to you finding your purpose as a leader, staying focused on the daily decisions that will get you where you want to be and finding your joy. And now we will hear from our sponsors. Again, I, I, I thank our sponsors so much, especially CD and me. Check them out. Go on the web and check out CD and me. They have events every Thursday night. They have events on the weekends. Uh, and now that the weather's getting nice, I, I would tell you, to take advantage of it and go to one of their shows, go to one of their concerts, go to one of their events. Uh, you will absolutely enjoy it. And now uh, our sponsor. 315. Welcome back. I'm going to talk about a new perspective. And it might not so much be a new perspective, but a perspective that we need to bring to the top. So why are we so quick to allow adversity consume us? Think about that question. I think we've all been guilty of allowing diversity, adversity to consume us. It's okay to get beaten. Circumstance are out of our control sometimes. But it's not acceptable to stop moving forward. And we often let the flow of negative emotions control our reactions, which in essence create a bigger failure than what really happened. When this occurs, it's really time to rise up Keep things in perspective. Get control of your emotions. This is the time to take control. And we have to make choices. We have to make choices to see our lessons as things that come out of failure. So take your failures and look at them as lessons. You're going to hear me talk about it over and over because it is something I teach and it's called sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. And I don't believe that you fail as long as you are, as, as long as you are learning lessons, as long as you are not making the same mistakes, mistakes twice. So remember, failure is part of the process. It's not about where we want to be. It's about what we learn along the way because it, it is a journey. And it's in what we make of ourselves while processing, while consuming those highs and lows that, we, that really define us. Humans have this incredible power to change their story at any time. Everyone out there has this incredible power. For you and the people I've worked with in the last 30 years, it's incredibly empowering and life-changing to know that you can create your own story at any time. In the past, I've seen too many people accepting this tough story 
that had pain, that had blame, that had anger, that definitely had sadness, and other so many more deep emotions with it. I see too many people, and I would tell you, don't give in to the story, this negative story that has power over you. Don't allow it to hold you back. Don't it allow don't allow it to keep you from the joys of life. Don't become a prisoner of your own creation. And many times we do. We def- we start to define ourselves negatively. We start to buy that negative self-talk and we become this prisoner. What I do is I help people realize that all the mental energy you use to continually tell yourself that same old sad story just sucks the energy out of you and that's the energy you need to create a new story and you can't create a new story if you're allowing the old story to just suck this energy out of you. What you need to do is change the way you think, change your perspective, transfer your thoughts and actions and create a new way of thinking a new perspective, if you will, which ultimately leads to a new story. And when you make this decision to empower yourself by detaching from the old story, you'll change dramatically. And that doesn't mean the old story's gone. Example being, I get up every day, I can't change my old story, right? I get up every day, I've gotten up every day for 40 years and had to have gotten into a wheelchair. I need help. I need help with certain things. So I can't change those circumstances. But I have been blessed to always wake up with optimism and joy. And at some point, I changed the way I looked at them. I've never let the wheelchair define me or empower me. And that is why I work from a place of optimism. If you work this way, I guarantee abundance will walk into your life. Success will knock at your door. Don't forget when we're injured, society expects us to recover, right? Or to become part of that group called them. I've been a part of them for a long time. You know, the the medical world is built around this duality of either recovering or labeling, labeling you as part of that group and treating you. I, 40 plus years ago, decided not to be defined. I would tell you, do not let statistics... Do not let people, do not let anything define you or label you as part of any specific group. Don't let that happen just based on statistics or make them fit you into a certain class of people. Yes, I went through straight great struggle. So have you. I came to the realization that I, that I may never fully walk again. But I would never allow anybody, especially myself, 
to treat me as a statistic or to treat me as any part of a group called them. Along the way, my resiliency has allowed me to create this border where names and words really don't bother me. I'm so hyper-focused on moving forward. I'm so focused on being optimistic that words and names and things of that nature just don't affect me. And it's something I've chosen in my life because I don't have time to let words affect me. It just is a total, total decline of that optimistic view of that resiliency. It sucks the energy out of you. So today I work as a speaker, coach, a mentor. I'm a nonprofit president and author, disability life coach, and I've lived with my difficulties for over 40 years. And I've learned a couple things, quite a few things I've been blessed to learn. So it is in my best interest, like it is in your best interest, to confront rather than avoid problems. It helps you think of yourself as having a battle with the deficit that's created. It helps deflect and allows you to move on. I've looked at most difficulties or challenges as opportunities to succeed. And I really make sure I talk about them as opportunities, not as difficulties, not as crappy circumstances, not as challenges. They're opportunities. Because I believe that the way you look at something, your perspective, and the way you address challenges controls your attitude towards them. So when I confront, and I would tell you when you confront a difficulty, when you confront a challenge, when you confront a disappointment, and it's going to occur, this type of mindset reduces the fear and apprehension towards life. It reduces frustration. It reduces disappointments. I don't focus on what might happen. Instead, I concentrate on the positive. I purposefully look at an optimistic outcome. This prepares me in a better way for success. And that's the way I choose to wake up every day. So I would challenge you to look at life this way. Take your circumstances. Challenge yourself to the way you look at them. Maybe write it down. Look at the way you do things. Write them down. And I challenge you to face these things every day with optimism, with joy, and with hope. I appreciate the listeners out there. Uh, I'm going to say it again. If you have any questions, if you would like a topic talked about, please email me at bswift6262 at google.com. You can ask me questions. You can ask me to talk about a subject. I will address it on my next show. But reach out to me. Um, also on quite a bit of social media. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on Facebook. You can find the underscore quadfather on Instagram. 
So I am out there around and about. Thank you for listening. We're going to get a little word from our sponsors, and then we will wrap up. C.com. Welcome back to Brian, the Quad Father Swift, all things inspirational show. I talked about words a little bit earlier, and at one point in life, I decided not to let words define me, not to let words discourage me. And I hope that you can learn to find this strength, this hope, this this hyper-focus to a point where you don't let something as simple as mere words get you down or turn your ne- turn your world negative. And I'm just talking about words. I'm not talking about threats or certain things, but I'm just talking about words because words can be powerful. Words, some words are, are powerful because there are a lot of words that can give your life motivation. So I choose to let words motivate me. I choose to look at all the good words out there that have more of a meaning that drives you towards success. And I'm going to throw out some words to you that are powerful words that will give your life motivation, will hopefully keep you inspired and keep you driven. They're not words you haven't heard before, I guarantee it. They're not fancy, but they're words sometimes we need to say to ourselves and we need to remind ourselves that we have some of these qualities. And the first one is endurance. You know, in the, re, the, the pure meaning of the word is to have the ability to endure suffering over a long period of time. So grit is that stone broken down, but that's still a stone. So you could break a stone down, and you know what you have? You still have more stones. And that's what I believe grit is. It speaks to this indomitable toughness. It can take you and help you push through life's most difficult trials. So endurance, when accepted, can build character, patience, wisdom, empathy, and compassion. It's a great word. How about faithful? Having faith has been a cornerstone of my success. So faithfulness is a rare quality, I believe, in today's world. It is in choosing to remain reliable, trusted, and consistent. And it carries a sense of attachment and devotion to people, to causes, to organizations, and beliefs. And I believe faithfulness is part of the foundation of any motivator. So if you see yourself as a motivator, being faithful is one of those characteristics that is oh so important because without a good foundation, as we all know, things can topple. The next word is tenacity, and it's another word I love. And you can look at the definition, the the dictionary meaning, but, you know, it, it, one of them talks about it has the meaning of adhesiveness, which I will say is more of a stick right? You've probably heard it explained that way. There are frequent times you will find 
that you need to stick to the game plan. You need to stick together. You need to stick to having faith. You need to stick to having hope. Tenacity never gives up. It never lets you go. It lives in the core of your being. It, it moves with you. It motivates, you. it motivates you and it causes you to take action for good. I believe it can also force you to take action for bad, but I tend to view everything in good. And this inner drive is a control center for many decisions that you, you will choose to make from moment to moment. So tenacity. Another word that is so important out there, and I'm sure that you have showed moments of having this tenacity, and through what we've dealt with with COVID, I'm sure it has made it things extremely difficult, but you need to go back and find the old you and make it a better you, whether that's day by day, by week by week, month by month. Let's talk about perseverance. Another word I like. Perseverance reminds me of kind of a, let's call it a road or a bridge. It's a specific course or path that we walk down, right? Or I roll down. When you feel hopeless and lost, that is when perseverance counts the most. Perseverance is continuously choosing to stay on your path, even in the midst of incredible difficulties. And trust me, you need that tenacity when you're being questioned. You need that faithfulness in your decision when you're questioning yourself. And you need that endurance to persevere with taking that path that you've chosen. So it's an awesome word. How about freedom? Uh, We all look at freedom maybe differently. And as we get older, we define freedom, I believe, differently. And I see for a lot of the people I know, uh, it, it, it extends far beyond having money to do anything. Uh, but have, freedom is basically having a sense of control over your time and your actions, which I find is, a, is an amazing, powerful motivator. Because there's something we can never buy in life, and that is time. Hard to buy freedom just like it's hard to buy health, so important. But freedom is that motivator and powerful one as it is, it liberates you to dream, to imagine, and to create. It keeps you free from stress. And I believe it's one of the most sought after psychological goals that people have, which is freedom. So another powerful word, I believe it's important to... Define what you want. And keep in mind, this definition of freedom will change for you. And there's nothing wrong with that as long as you stay on that path. I've got a few more that I want to talk about. So the next one is goals. Man, it's a word we've heard a million times. You've heard about smart goals. I'm not going to talk about smart goals. But your goals should not surprise you, your goals should motivate you, they should inspire you. And I think some of the most powerful goals are self-directed goals, self-directed internal goals. 
they under they they include understanding your priority uh, priorities and purpose in life, knowing what you believe to be the most important thing, and using those goals as a daily guide for how you'll choose to live your life. And we make choices based on our goals all the time. That's why it is extremely important to write our goals down. How about challenge? Challenges are frequently seen as some sort of contest. They're seen as negative. Uh, you know, you think about March Madness, I guess you could look at it as, was that a challenge? Was that negative? Was it positive? But I know for a fact that challenges draw out the best in you. That's what challenges do. A simple challenge might be to decide to go to bed 15 minutes earlier for 30 days. See if it improves your daily productivity. A simple challenge might be to take a one-mile walk every day and see how you feel after that. Simple challenge may be to put your phone down when you're at the dinner table and not answer your phone when you're in the middle of a conversation with somebody. Challenge yourself. Create your own challenges. You'd be amazed when you create your own challenges that how how much easier it becomes to deal with outward challenges. So I do this thing. <laughs> it, 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 I call it self-imposed discomfort. And I push myself knowing that I'm going to be uncomfortable, whether it be I'm lifting weights and I'm going to put on more than I lifted last time. I'm going for a ride in my wheelchair, and I typically go three miles. So what I'll do is go three miles one way, knowing that I've got to go three miles back the other way. And I create a lot of challenges for myself. And I believe that has helped me create the mindset that I have. Determination. Man, you've, you've met determination. Those rare individuals who are determined to continue regardless of how difficult the circumstances. Determination literally means you are willing to put a stake in the ground and stand there for that cause. It's not, a, it's not an easy or a casual choice. There are very few things that humans will or are determined to mark as permanent placeholders for their beliefs. I have quite a few. Uh, one of them is my trinity of faith, family, and friends, and, and in that order. So determination, another important word. I have two more left for you. One is hope. When you use hope as a noun, it's only a feeling. But when you use hope as a verb, it becomes a focal point of your motivation. Sometimes in life, all you have is hope. And in those moments, hope will be more than enough. So it is maybe a small word that has quite a big meaning. This word, I, I hope you use and have around you, and it's love. Because I believe the foundation of life and success is love. There is no way to create a life of meaning without love. There is no motivation, no reason to move, no reason to change, 
No reason to engage in life without love. So the foundation of motivation is love. And just to reiterate those 10 powerful words, the first one is endurance, then faithful, tenacity, perseverance, freedom, goals, challenge, determination, hope, and love. I appreciate the opportunity to be on the air. I appreciate all my listeners out there. Please share the show and give me an opportunity to talk about a topic that you might be interested in by emailing me at bswift6262 at gmail.com. Again, I appreciate this opportunity. I appreciate all of my sponsors. You have a great Wednesday. And we will end with a little word from our sponsors. Thanks, Mike.